Welcome to Mental Health Film Comment. This is Brian here with you. The 2014 film Ragamuffin is a biopic about uh, Christian, contemporary Christian um, singer-songwriter uh, Rich Mullins. Uh, lots of themes and um, content relating to mental health uh, in very prominent as well as not so prominent throughout the film. Uh, joining us today is Master Certified Life Coach Sue Bowles. Uh, Sue, thank you for uh, being here today. I appreciate it. Oh, thanks, Brian. I'm looking forward to it. Okay, so now um, I do want to mention um, a couple resources uh, up front uh, for everyone. I know that there are a couple different crisis, at least a couple different uh, crisis text lines. I know in the U.S. you can text HOME, H-O-M-E, to 741741. In the U.K., you can text SHOUT, S-H-O-U-T, to 85258. Depending upon where you are in the world, uh, check your local listings, as they say. Um, so, Sue, thank you so much for being here today. I, I appreciate it. I'm looking forward to it, Brian. Thanks. Um, now, I, I I would imagine that many people listening, when they heard me mention Ragamuffin, I would bet money that this is a lot of people's favorite movie. I, I would I would hope so. I think I, so. Because it just, uh, and it does have a high, a very high rating on Rotten Tomatoes of all play, 80, 82% on Rotten Tomatoes. So it is a, uh, you know, a very, often there's a um, faith-based films have not the most sterling reputation. And I think that's probably universally acknowledged. I'm not you know, being mean, I think it's sort of like knowledge, but there's not that level of um, reputation with Ragamuffin because it is a really well-made film. You got a great story. There's a lot of the, de the detail uh, as far as, you know, with, because I have some acquaintances who, who are music, um, musicians and, um, it, it gets it down perfect as far as the, you know, the, you know, which way to go by way of, you know, licensing or publishing or performing or, you know, mix. And I'm probably getting ahead of my, myself. Uh, so I, let, let me back up and, and, you know, get, give a proper <laughs> introduction to, to, to the film. But, but does that, with, but the intro I gave at the beginning, does that match your, your perception of the film being like a, cause it's not a standard, Bio, I mean, it is a biopic, but it doesn't. It's a much more, uh, much more intimate film than, you know, a Bohemian Rhapsody or, or the mm -hmm. Elton John movie. It's a much more, much, much more uh, personal sort of film than either of those. Yeah, very much so. And that's one thing that really drew me to it. As I watched it the first time, it was a really hard watch for me because it was hitting so many themes and chords and issues in my life. What I appreciate about it is the movie is not about how Rich Mullins became this famous musician because Rich didn't want the fame to start with. And they cover that in the movie too. He didn't want to go to Nashville. But what I appreciate so much is that the movie talks about the deeper things going on. You know, the, 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 the need, to, the desire, the fight within us to be authentic 
and the masks that we wear. It talks about relationships with your parents and how that can be uh, projected onto your relationship with God and how you view God in that relationship. So there's so many deeper themes to the movie other than just, hey, this guy got a rec recording contract. That's, that's, that's secondary to everything that's going on in that movie. Oh, absolutely. And, and I, I did want to just preface um, with what I'm saying is I'm, I'm so happy to have you on um, today because obviously this is a film that anyone can like, you know, anyone can enjoy it. There's a lot in this movie for just about anyone. Um, so whether or not someone is Christian or if they like music or mm -hmm. whatnot, that's immaterial to because it's it's like I said it's it's someone who's atheist or someone who d doesn't like anything related. There's something in this movie for that person mm -hmm. too because there's just so much. I mean, even with um, and, and you said you touched on it. I don't think the take home point of this movie and you had touched on this is oh what what an awesome guy you know Rich Mullins is. That is not. Not the take-home point of the movie. Nope, not at all. There's, you know, a take-home point of, you know, our God is an awesome God. You know, that's one of the take-home points. One of the take-home points is giving glory to, to to God. But as far as putting Rich Bell on, on this pedestal and, and mm -hmm. making him, you know, that's okay. not that sort of movie. No. And and I, I'm happy to have this this film mentioned on on this episode because there's in in this stigma of mental uh, mental health and, and and mental illnesses in our society, there tends to be a lot of not quite taboo, but a lot of worry about talking about faith and um, and whatnot in 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 the context of mental health. And one of the things that I really that, that I think a lot of people who like the movie probably uh, appreciate as well is that Rich Mullins had no qualms about, like you said, just stating, okay, he, not, he, he doesn't want to be a rock star. He, like I said, he, he was kind of kicking and screaming on, on the way to Nashville, but is very, um, and the film, it, it's, there's nothing overtly objectionable, but some of some of the the, the themes of drinking would now would mm -hmm. likely make it unsuitable for, for for young children. But the film is pretty open as far as his struggles with just you know alcoholism, you know, mm -hmm. as an example. And it and, and drove home the point that one one of the um, themes is even though he's has these personal demons that, he, that he's working with he is still and, and that's and that goes to the the, na the name of the movie i mean that ragamuffin is, is someone who with warts and all is still someone who can call god his or her father right and still and i think that's just worth worth mentioning because undoubtedly there's that stereotype of oh being christian means you have to be you know, you know, everything, you know, tidy and neat and no, um, you know, no, no flaws and no warts mm -hmm. or whatever. And the whole point of the movie is actually just, just the opposite. Yeah. And, and, and I want to point out real quick, I, I, I did not know Rich personally. Um, I've met him a few times. So, so I, I don't know if alcoholism per se 
was a struggle. Okay, so I, I, I want to put that out there because I don't know, and I don't want to correct. have a chance of oh. having any kind of misnomers out there. Oh, but correct. And I, I so I, I yeah, thank you for that clarification. And so when I mentioned that, I, I'm specifically referring to some, some of the depiction. Yeah, some of the depiction. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. Yeah. correct. Do yeah, yeah, very much so. You know, as depicted in the movie, you know, Rich struggled. Rich struggled with um, the same things all of us struggle with. We all struggle with um, feelings that we don't know what to do with. And when we don't know what to do with them, we find other coping mechanisms. It might be smoking, it might be drinking, it might be overactivity, it might be an eating disorder. It can be any number of things that are all rooted in not knowing how to deal with the inner conflict. That's the bigger theme of the movie is that there's an inner conflict going on from a number of different offshoots. Yes, parental relationships and upbringing and the desire, you know, even just the peace and feeling comfortable being different. You know, Rich, is, Rich wasn't designed to handle the family farm. You know, that, that the early part of the movie kind of you know, depicts that a few different times. Uh, you know, he was a piano player, very gifted. And that was very different than, you know, what the family expected or how the family was, family was you know, at that point in time, what the dad expected. So just that inner conflict of, is it okay to be me and not, um, for lack of a better phrase, and I don't want to do any dishonor to the family or friends because they are actually friends of mine now too through a retreat program. Um, but is it okay to, um, follow what God is putting on my heart, even when it seems like I'm a salmon swimming upstream from people's expectations. And, and just all the conflict that comes from that, you know, is, is something all of us relate to. So when you have that conflict and you're not sure what to do with those feelings that it brings, then yeah, you find different ways to cope with this. That was just one way. But what I love is, is that, you know, how, how, as Rich comes across and becomes familiar with, 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 uh, with Brennan Manning, there's a scene in the movie where Rich's first exposure to Brennan is listen to a tape while they're driving. And oh, yeah. you know, he, he is just crushed under the weight of the freedom opportunity of what Brennan was saying that he pulled off a road and just wept because he had the yeah. yearning in his heart that no one was able to capture and he couldn't find a place where it fit in. And suddenly he found someone who's like, okay, I get it. I get it. You know, I'm, I'm struggling with my relationship with God because this is what I feel called to do, but I don't want the trappings of this. So it comes down to our relationship with God and do we submit and do we follow and do we honor and obey? Or do we still continue to fight and do our own thing? And then if we continue to do that own thing, when you're in conflict with God, you're going to have struggles. That's just the way it's designed. So when he finally, you know, in the movie, he portrays about not going to Nashville. You know, he picks up the phone. Hi, Brian from Nashville. I don't want to. I want my game changed. Yeah. He hangs yeah. up on him. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's, that's this guy who knows what he wants. Exactly. You know? And, and he's very solid in what he wanted. And, and he fought that for a while. And then he finally said, all right. I guess I think I'm going to Nashville. He fought it for a while and was exactly. finally yeah. submitted. Then he found he was starting to find starting to find a little more peace. Correctly. And and that scenario goes on in real life probably more than most people realize. But to see that in a film just just right there in front of you, mm -hmm. I'd imagine that most people watching it are probably not going to be used to seeing a scene like that right. where they get a call from, from Nashville like, to his life and sorry but you know don't yeah. want to 
game change. Um, now, I did want to j j just clarify, um, and um, one of the joys of podcasting is the, the, the well, obviously, when you're listening, whoever, when you're listening, um, it's not going to be the, the, the real time as we're, we're recording, but one of, the, one of the joys of it is um, not quite the second guessing, but just asking um, with my comments pertaining to some of the problematic depictions, you know, that would be unsuitable for, for younger children. Um, were my comments in any way disrespectful for his family or whatnot, or should we keep recording or like redo any of this? Because I don't yeah. do any editing. Right. I don't think your comments were disrespectful at all. That okay. one phrase about the alcoholism is the one thing I wanted, wanted to, you know, okay. to, to to address. Okay. The, the, the movie makers, you know, they 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 got a PG thirteen rating on the movie, Correct. so I think that you know that speaks for itself. You know, his parents were reviewing movies and everything. So okay, okay, so. So I guess we'll keep recording then, yeah, and exactly. and plus I, I hate doing retakes, and I know guys hate doing no retakes problem. as well. So no so problem. again, so I just want, wanted to clarify that th that point absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, as far as like the the, the masks thing also, um, and and then the movie touches on this as well is, Rich, there was almost like an imp impression or expectation that he he show up to 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 record with happy happy joy joy songs mm -hmm. <laughs> and if that's not what he's feeling if that's not what, what's in his heart what's he want what he wants to, to to record then it's almost like okay well well we don't we don't want you to be you know and then keep in mind this is in the late 70s early 80s when mm -hmm. you know a recording artist is not going to have the same uh, freedom and autonomy that a recording artist would, would have today in, in 2021. Right. So that's something to keep in mind as well. Uh, but that's, uh, the, the, the film is very clear about that mask that he, he just said, you know what, I'm not gonna, not gonna, not gonna do the, this, this mask thing. Right, and I think some of the masks, the theme of authenticity and masks and mm -hmm. reckless abandon to God were some of the things that really spoke strongly to me when I first watched it. The reckless abandon, you know, has you know, is shown in he had his his Zion Ministries going on, and they were doing their own retreats and their own concerts. And then this Nashville opportunity came up, and and that you know, want, um, push me, pull you. Do I go? Do I don't go? Mm -hmm. And 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 God was drawing him that way, but he wasn't sure he wanted to go. So there's that reckless abandon of all right, God, I love you and I trust you more than I trust myself. So this is where you're leading me. And I don't know, I like it, but I love you more than what in my comfort zone. And, and that's one of the powerful themes of it. But in terms of the authenticity and the masks, um, you know, again, I think it comes back to, you know, that, that the whole, the whole part of the movie when Brennan Manning comes in, into play, mm -hmm. you know, they, they, they hear him speak a few different times. They, they end up meeting up and Brennan took Rich under his wings. Mm -hmm. And what was a lot of what was, driving everything for rich and this is just again i don't know rich this is just from what i when i garnered from the movie um knowing it always has a little bit of hollywood thrown into it okay um but just gen generally speaking the with uh, with rich and brennan i think the uh the the unsettled business that rich had with his dad and, and, and that was what they addressed so strongly when they showed that whole sequence of Rich being on the retreat with Brennan. It had to do with Rich's relationship with his dad. And because of that, 
relationship being off, it also affected Rich's relationship with God. And so when he was struggling with his relationship with God of do you want me to go to Nashville or not, it was kind of rooted in my take in you know, the relationship that he had with his dad. And once he got the thing with his dad settled and, and, and realized that it was okay to not be okay because he had that going on inside him, it was eating him up and it was coming out in other ways. The same way it comes out for all of us. When we are angry, when something's going on in our lives, we may not tell somebody else what the real issue is. It comes out in other ways. And in a lot of ways, that has to do with our authenticity and, and, and our masks. You know, now, yeah, there's always caution in terms of who you share what with. But the question becomes, are we sharing with somebody we trust? Or are we trying to continue to put the mask on that this isn't bothering me, even though it's eating me up from the inside out? That's the mm. difference. So when authenticity and masks become such a prominent theme in the movie, it's because of, of that discord that, and you know, um, I, I don't know how to handle this. This pain is too much for me and I can't put words to it. So I'm gonna numb myself in this way or that way. And because of that, God might be calling me to, to do this, but I don't, I'm not ready for that because you know, to do that means I have to trust them. You know, however it comes out, it comes out for all of us. And, and, and that, that, that's one thing that really struck me was just the concept of authenticity and, and just wanting to be real and, and knowing that, you know what, I'm lovable no matter what happened, has happened in my life. Because sad to say, the church shoots its own. And, and I think when we, a lot of times, you know, we walk through the, through the doors of a church and we're expected to have a smile on and look our Sunday best. And we might be crumbling on the inside. And, and if we can't be real with other believers in Christ, mm -hmm. where can we be real? Mm -hmm. That's what really struck me was, was just that whole aspect of being real and, and just being able to say, you know what, you know, to me, I define ragamuffin as someone who's tired of trying to make somebody believe on somebody I'm not. Mm -hmm. True. And so I, I, I define myself as a ragamuffin that way. I'm a ragamuffin because I'm done playing the games. And I found such peace when I finally got to that point. And 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 that's a um, and look at that. And I undoubtedly will mention this more than once. And I know I had mentioned it off mic as well um, before we started recording. But I'm very happy to have you here today. And and um, and 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 the reason, like like I said, to well, I guess it would be reiterating to you, but it would be like first time for those listening, is that. My concern with a lot of the standard mental health um, messaging, which, which is all valid and needs to be reinforced you know, in terms of not being alone and the, the people who care about you, which, which is all true and all needs to be reinforced. My concern is often when people of, uh, you know, from a faith background hear many of the, the the standard mental health and mental illness messaging and they often do not you know like you said they may they may have struggles with with bipolar with depression with anxiety with any number of different um ailments and part of like I said, part of it i don't know if i'm being you know overthinking it or not but part of me always wonders it's worth mentioning a lot of this for the benefit of those who otherwise would kind of tune it out. You know what I mean? 
because I because that's always at the back of my mind. You know, we live in a society and a world actually where representation matters, mm-hmm. whether it's our you know our form of government, whether it's you know in, in film and media seeing you represented, and so that same rationale applies here. That I would think someone who goes to church and talks with 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 their pastor and goes to Bible study undoubtedly would want to be represented in dialogues and conversation about mental health. You, you know what I mean? It's right. yeah. and so so often than not, I see I I see that voice missing, and that's mm-hmm. what is concerning to me when because it, like I said, I don't know if. Like I just, I just have have confidence that it's a it's a perspective that needs to be acknowledged. It needs to be at the table, if that makes right. sense. Sure, and I think um, you know, life is messy, mm-hmm. and, and and I think you know there's still that misnomer out there that when you come to Christ, your life's going to be you know all you know yeah. and be, be you know, you're good to go, and and that is farthest from the truth mm-hmm. as possible. You know, and, and yeah, there's all kinds of verses in this world. We have trouble and take care of everything from the world. You have all those, but quite yeah. frankly, when I'm struggling, I don't need somebody to quote a verse to me. Mm-hmm. You know, when I'm struggling, yeah. I just want somebody to be with me yeah. and to listen. And, and if I need, if I want some, in, some input, I will ask them for it. But half the time, I just need somebody just to mm-hmm. let me know that they're with me and they're not judging me because there's enough judgment going on in the church where in this last place there should be. Yeah. You know, so you know, I know they can't see this, but on my, the wall, wall behind me, there's a quote from Rich, and it says, "It's not oh, going to matter if right. you have a few scars." It says it's not going to matter if you have a few scars. It will matter if you didn't live. And I love that whole idea of going from wounds to scars, because you know, all of us are wounded. All of us have issues going on in our life where we have been hurt in some way. And that healing journey takes them to being scars. But if you think about it, when we have a scar, like I have a scar over my left eyebrow. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, I don't care about it, but mm-hmm. sometimes if you have a scar somewhere, you, know, you tend to hide it. Oh, what are people gonna think? Oh, it's a yeah. blemish. Suddenly my skin's not perfect. You know, all those things. Yeah. And if you think about it, Scars are stories. Scars are signs of hope True. that healing can happen. So, you know, when, when we do, now there's no way around the healing mountain. You have to go through it. True. It is a lot of hard work. Definitely. You know, just, just that alone is depicted in the movie when Rich is on that retreat with Brennan, mm-hmm. you know, and just the anger he had and the tears of getting it out about his dad. And then that last, that third letter Brennan had in right was, you know, what would God say to you? It's like, I already know that one. Yeah. And and when when we can get past all of, I don't want to say get past, but when we can break down ourselves and accept God's healing in whatever Mm -hmm. form that takes. Mm -hmm. Yes, it can be direct. Yes, it can be through medicine. Yes, it could be through something else. Mm -hmm. It could be through counseling. It could be through, you know, through any number of different ways. Mm-hmm. But somehow God wants to bring healing when we are ready. But he's not a pushy God. He's not going to force that healing on us. Definitely. But when that healing comes, that becomes a scar. Mm-hmm. And when we're through the mountain on the other side, yeah. it's an opportunity for us to share our stories and to give hope. So when 
when we keep ourselves closed off, when we hide ourselves, when we wear our masks that I'm okay on the outside, I'm dying on the inside. Yeah. And when we finally take that mask off and realize, you know what, I'm taking a risk because th this isn't working for me. I'm going to implode if I keep this up. Yeah. As God heals, then he wants to use that story to encourage somebody else. Mm -hmm. and, and, and that is the essence of being a ragamuffin. That's the essence of letting God use you, of, of walking that journey. So that as you find peace, then the scars don't matter because they tell a story. And that story points to God. Absolutely. And, and for those ragamuffins listening today, um, stand with you. And um, <laughs> I, I, I hear you loud and clear. So um, now, now, one thing I wanted to ask you, um, and this just pertains to, to the film, um, notwithstanding when he was on tour with, with Amy Grant, mm -hmm. but except for that, um, most of his performances in the film tend to be at churches and mm -hmm you know, rather than arena, because he, he could have sold out arenas and baseball mm -hmm. stadiums. Mm -hmm. Now, your understanding of, of him for, from, from when he w was with us, um, was that part of the film accurate as far as him playing predominantly churches more than, you know, the, the arenas and the baseball stadiums? Or, or did he still play those venues when he was away from Amy Grant's tour? That is a really good question. I, I do know that when Awesome God hit, mm -hmm. it almost overnight, from what my understanding from some people, is that um, it went from doing the smaller venues to doing the big arenas, which is also depicted in the movie. Okay, so that, that okay, so because yeah. I, I remember the, the, yeah, the yeah, scene when he was things, on the Garmin Grand Tour. Okay. Yeah, yeah, things exploded. When, when, and when Awesome, and, and Awesome God came on long after the Amy Grant Tour. Awesome God came on long after he, you know, when he went solo, it was like his third or fourth album, I think. Mm -hmm. um, but um, uh, I think it was his third. And anyway, so, yeah, so they were doing smaller venues and then Awesome God hit number one mm -hmm. and things just blew up. So yeah, there were larger venues at that point in time. He did all the festivals. Yes. Yeah. But then he, he then, then I know at, at the same time that he did come back to doing you know, the churches and everything. But how that, how that, you know, what ratio that was, I don't have information on. Okay. And, and I did want to mention, um, you know, for those listening, if you want a homework assignment, homework's always fun, right? Uh, look up, look up his music, because he's got so much wonderful music. And mm -hmm. There was a, a later scene where he, he goes back to, um, I think, the Bible college, and he enrolls in, in a class, and the professor asks him, oh, the awesome God, Rich Mullins, he goes, well, I think I have other songs, but yeah. That <laughs> and, was and, after he left Nashville and, yeah. went out to, and went out to Kansas and enrolled in Friends University, yeah. because yeah. what Rich wanted to do, again, the reckless life theme of the movie, yeah. Reckless Abandon, was Rich left Nashville. His heart was to serve and, and, and teach music and share the gospel to, mm -hmm. to, to the Navajo children, Native American children. Definitely. So Rich Rich went to Friends University to get a music education degree. And even James Bryan Smith's like, <laughs> what am I doing teaching yeah, you? Yeah, you know? yeah. And, and, yeah. and, and instead, instead, you know, Rich got a degree so that he could go out to the reservation. That's part of the reckless abandon, the reckless, mm -hmm. the reckless abandon and reckless faith of following God, of obeying him. Yeah. After mm -hmm. he had that peace 
after he made that peace with God about his relationship with his dad, then he was more free to follow what God was putting on his heart to do. And that took him out, out to New Mexico. You know, he lived, he lived there. He still did his concerts. He and Mitch McVicker, you know, built their own, I think it was a Hogan, I think is what it's called. And, and yeah. you know, built that and lived on the rest. And I think Thursday through Sunday, they would leave and do music and then come back the other days and they'd be on the reservation. The song Bridge of a Miracle is written, at, it was inspired by a conversation he had with someone on the reservation who was, he was struggling and I believe, I don't know if he was suicidal or had attempted, I think he had attempted suicide mm -hmm. and then felt the shame of not being, not being successful, quote unquote, yeah. not at all, um, you know, in, in, in that, and that whole, the, that whole song is, 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 you know, drawn from that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there are, um, there's so many aspects mm -hmm. of Rich's life that apply to us today. God just put him on a big platform to reach more people with the same message that yeah. I love you. I love you as you are. Yeah. And I like you and you don't have to impress me and it's yeah. okay to not be okay. That's the message that God is sending all of us through Rich's music. That's why his music struck so many chords because it was real. He wasn't afraid to show his struggles and his questions in his music. Right. And, and my understanding is that a lot of his music is still being covered today. I know that there are, I know there's, because um, his, his last album, as you understand it, was finished by other artists. Is that correct or am I misunderstanding that? Yeah, well, the, the, G, the Jesus record mm -hmm. uh, was his last record. He had just signed with Merv Records and had just finished the demos. Yeah, and and he, he was known in, in interviews to say he thinks it was going to be you know, his, his, I don't know if he used the word the best, but you know, the strongest album because it was just mm -hmm. 10 songs about Jesus. And thankfully they were able to recover the demos, but because of Rich's accident and being killed in that accident, yeah. he never recorded them live in the studio. So a number of, of friends and friends recorded the songs after after he had passed away so they could still get the music and the message out so cool. so actually that that cd is actually a two cd set the first mm -hmm. one is the are the demos that they were able to capture which were just done on a tape recorder and at times you can hear somebody in the background laughing you can hear him <laughs> yeah. pushing the record button yeah. Yeah. and then the second cd are the studio versions yeah. and, and some of the studio versions are a little different than what the demo is mm -hmm. so so it's kind of interesting to see different interpretations Definitely. Definitely. And, and this is a film that, and I just want to emphasize, does have a lot of relevance to anyone who, who's going through our time, whether it's, you know, from bipolar, because there are, are at least a couple scenes that I recall where there's someone who like pulls them aside and says, hey, do you have a few minutes? You know, can we talk? And how cool is that? I mean, you don't see that in, I think I mentioned like Bohemian Rhapsody and, and the Elton, mm -hmm. Elton John movie. I don't think, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but someone couldn't go up to like Elton John or, you know, Freddie Mercury and go, oh, hey, do you have a few minutes? Can we talk? And yet that seems to have been just standard mm -hmm. with which Rose Wellens was yeah. much more relatable and, and much more able to identify with those who, who were hurting. Right. Rich, rich was all about community, all about community and retreats and, and being real and, and developing relationships. And 
you know, when he had that opportunity after concerts, wherever it was, you know, that's what he wanted to do. And this is my understanding. Again, I've not met him. I did not. Yeah. I've met him a couple of times. I don't know him. The, the, the impression I get with the little bit of information I have is that that was his heart. You know, again, another way that um, that that would might have been against the national norms, and I don't know for sure. You know, but yeah. you know, you know, you have some people that are you know not don't want to have that con that contact, and, and that was you know that was Rich's heart because again, he was about relationship. He was about mm -hmm. being real, yeah. and, and about you know what's going on, and let's let's you know, interact. So for someone who might be listening, and they're you know, might be dealing with, with depression or might be dealing w with bipolar. Um, what what would being real look like for that person? Would it look like, mm -hmm. okay, well, the doctor said I'm I'm, you know, have this diagnosis or, or what 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 would it look like for, for that person? Wow, that's a good question. I think I think being real is just um, first of all coming to grips with it yourself. Because we can't be real about anything until, until we are real with ourselves. And that might be having to be angry about it, asking questions about it, and educating ourselves about it. And, as, and again, taking the same theme of the movie of Rich having to make peace with his relationship with his dad, same type of thing, needing to make peace with the relationship of whatever's going on. Now, it's very important to me to mention right now that um, you know, mental health issues are biological in, in nature. Mm -hmm. There is something biologically right. off kilter. I'm not gonna say wrong, yeah. I'm saying off kilter. Mm -hmm. And that is nobody's fault. There is help for it. There are ways to manage it. For example, I'm in recovery from an eating disorder. Mm -hmm. And um, it took me a long time to make peace with that because you know I had my struggles that I wasn't having at peace with. Yeah. And I it showed in me by having an eating disorder. Once I made peace with that, with those issues, then it was easier for me to feel more comfortable with myself and come to peace with myself. So the same type of thing, whatever is going on, whatever is, is causing it, it might be from trauma. It might be biological and genetic in nature. Mm -hmm. But until we make peace with that, it's hard to be authentic because mm -hmm. otherwise we're feeling shame over something. Mm -hmm. And when we feel shame, we want to hide we want to put on a mask. We want to make people think we're someone we're not. That is exactly opposite of a ragamuffin. Mm -hmm. A diagnosis of whatever is simply an explanation of what's going on in your body and your mind. Yeah. That's all it is. It's, it's, it's not, not the end. You know, it's, it's not, it, it's not, not it. You know what I'm trying to say. It's not, well, I, I, that, it's not something that has yeah. to paralyze us. Yeah. And, and I'm so glad that you said that. And I would imagine there's many people listening right now who that's music to their ears because we, we seem to live in a society where a, a clinical diagnosis is either seen as something that, that kind of binds someone permanently or, you know, mm -hmm. or vice versa. And so I'm so happy to hear you say that because when often when, when someone um, returns from an appointment and they're told, you know, this or that, there's a lot of mixed feelings and a lot of, mm -hmm. um, so thank you so much for, for emphasizing that. Uh, Cause it is, um, you know, it's, that's all it is. It's, it's someone prescribing a, um, an explanation mm -hmm. to what they've observed 
nothing right. more nothing less no right. no no judgment attached no um you know it's just simply information mm -hmm. that they that they um ascribed right and, and i think you know we were talking earlier about how the church shoots its own mm -hmm. i think that i think that's where the church can have it wrong mm -hmm. and i'm gonna be this is just my opinion but i'm gonna yeah. shoot it straight to me you know if if a any kind of biological anything that is going on in our bodies ultimately can be traced back to the fall. I had a pastor used to say, snow was not in the Garden of Eden. Snow is a result of the fall. <laughs> and if you yeah, think about yeah, it, you know, yeah. but you don't think about it that way. Yeah. So anything going on in, in our lives and our bodies and our minds is somehow tied to sin. So, now I'm not saying, uh, please do not hear me saying that the individual has sinned. That's not for me to step into. I'm saying sin nature in general has brought a lot, a lot of fallen stuff that isn't how God designed it. And if, if, if you look at your situation, whatever, whatever listener situation, my situation, your situation, whoever's situation, and line it up with what we know to be the Garden of mm -hmm. Eden, which was paradise, which was perfect mm -hmm. in God's eyes, yeah. said it is well, it is good, this is good, I like this, mm -hmm. it's the way I want it to be. Yeah. That was the last time God said it's good, was in the Garden of Eden. True. So everything since then is somehow related to a domino effect. So you're talking about like the, the, the big picture of it that yeah. is that in that context. And I think that's where the church gets it wrong because we think, well, we're a Christian, you know, you can't yeah. have any issues. Yeah. You know, you're a Christian. God's got you. Yeah. It's like, well, yeah. yes, God has you healed. And it might be through medicine. Yeah. And, and, and in some cases, God heals on the other side. Mm -hmm. God healed my mom in October when he took her home you know yeah. um so you know god heals it may not always be how we want it mm -hmm. and it may not be in our lifetime on this side of the curtain but god yeah. does heal and yeah. i think the church in general has at times defined put their own interpretation on things mm -hmm. to ease their discomfort around the topic yeah very true very true, and um, and and that's why I always like to emphasize resources so that people can can you know research more and and um, so absolutely. So um, I wanted to um, as we wind down, I, I did want to mention um, a few more resources for everyone out there. I know that there is uh, Mental Health America MHANational.org. There's also NAMI National Alliance on Mental Illness NAMI.org. There's also madinamerica.com. Now there's also, um, you have a, a walking stick resort yes. coming up also. So there's more for coming up. Is that, is that? Yes. Uh, if, if, if your listeners could, you can probably hopefully hear it in my, in my voice. If they could see my face, they'd see this Cheshire cat grin on my face. Right Wait, now. Did, did I say, did I say walking stick resort? You did. It's walking stick retreats. Okay, because <laughs> we, we were because uh, I'm recording in Phoenix, and there's actually a, a resort in Ball Stadium. Uh, talking so uh, Freudian slip. <laughs> no problem. Slip. It's, it, it's walking stick retreats, yeah. and walking stick is actually the community that God used to bring healing to my life. The very first retreat came as a result of the movie. And they wanted to continue the conversations around the themes of the movie. That has morphed into walking stick retreats, which uh, we have we have retreats twice a year, and um, it, it's it's the living legacy of Rich. Rich's brother and his friends, and and his family are are the team that put this together. The, the, the people that were with him in Zion Ministries, 
his brother, his friends. I mean, they are the ones that, uh, that drive this, that are on the staff for this. And um, it's, I, anytime I get a chance to speak about it, I'm very quick to say there's nothing magical about the retreat. There's nothing magical about the people. What happens at those retreats is that everybody gets out of the way and they just create an, an opportunity and the atmosphere of the Holy Spirit to do his job. And what happens at those retreats is the Holy Spirit working because people are willing and the atmosphere is there. It's an atmosphere of love and acceptance of it's okay to not be okay. And we're all struggling. You know, there are people that come um, who've been burned by the church, you know, and, and but are still looking for something and have found community there. Um, you know, it's, there's all kinds of stuff, but um, that, that is, that's, that's my tribe. That's my people, cool, so to speak. That's cool, my second family. Cool. Our next retreat is end of June in Ridgecrest, North Carolina, just outside of Asheville. Cool. Uh, they can go to walkingstickretreats.org and register for it. And then we also have one in October in West Virginia. They've got a, a, a date saved for next spring in 2022 yeah. in Indiana. Um, so, you know, they, they do retreats twice a year, once in the spring or early summer, and then once in the fall. And it sounds like they're in, uh, somewhat nationwide also in, in are, a couple yeah. cities also. Yep. So, I mean, so, and those are open to anybody. We want new people. We want people to come and experience Christ the way we have mm-hmm. and to, and to, have an opportunity to find some peace and to let God speak to you in ways that maybe you didn't know or you didn't expect, or maybe that you've been running from. And maybe God's ready for just to hug you if you let you let him hug you. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, we, we, we'd love for people to come there. There's, it's just, just go to the website and then at the end, you know, if they have questions, you know, we'll definitely give them my email address and ways to get a hold of me. I'd love to talk to them in more detail about it. Um, there's, it is, uh, God's alive there. There's there's something cool. very powerful that happens cool. there when when God's kids get together and they take off their masks and say, "This is me." I went to the retreat in November last year. It was the month. It only been one month since Mom yeah. passed, yeah. and and I was subdued, much different personality than I usually am there. And there yeah. was just such peace to just do whatever I needed to do to have some conversations with God about yeah. everything I was feeling and experiencing. No yeah. pressure at all. Just, just come and be. You know what? This is, um, I'm very, like I said, th- th- this, this year, this calendar year, cause I, I've been in the podcast, you know, probably l- less than a year right now, but there, I'm so happy with a lot of the firsts that have come across, you know, for a few months, such as the, the, the retreat that you're describing. Um, I mean, how cool is that, that a lot of people don't even think about that as being, uh, you know, a, a recovery option. Mm-hmm. And it is, <laughs> it is a bona fide recovery option mm-hmm. available for people. Mm-hmm. And, and, and for those who um, are, are, are Christian enough and feel like there's other venues where their experiences and beliefs are not um, respected, um, this is a, a great opportunity mm-hmm. too. And, yeah. and, and, and just briefly to talk, you know, a couple of different themes. Last November, the theme was living on purpose. Huh? The, 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 the retreat last June was hard to get, you know, a year before then it was hope. So, you know, we, we've had the disappointing Messiah. So we've had so many different themes um, that, you know, and, and I don't, I don't know what the theme is yet for, for June. Um, but it's, 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 
what I love is that the, the teachings are a opportunity to, to hear things and, and perspective in a whole different way than you usually hear. And it really makes you think. You know, for example, when I went to Disappointing Messiah retreat in 2015, I'm think, thinking, God's not disappointing. You know, he, he, how could God disappoint me? And, yeah. and you know, and that, but then it ended up, twi not twisting, what ended up coming out throughout the program throughout the week was about how we are disappointed by, you know, in God, not by God, but our yeah. perception is that we're disappointed in him mm -hmm. because he hasn't met our expectations. Yeah. And that disappointment is stemmed from our expectations, not someone else's behavior. Mm -hmm. So it, it, it drove down to some core things, you know, in terms of, you know, where have I felt disappointed by God because he didn't line up to my expectation. And what do I need to adjust within myself mm -hmm. to line, line, up, line up my thoughts with what God really is? And sometimes cool. that means that, you know, tough stuff happens mm -hmm. and, and, and the challenge is working it out with God. It doesn't mean life's going to be all rosy, yeah. you know, but, but it, it means that he hasn't abandoned us. And yeah. those are some of, the, some of the hard things we have to work through sometimes when we feel abandoned. And come back to the truth of he didn't abandon us. He's right there and he will heal if I walk his walk towards him. So yeah, just, just a snippet of some of the things we talk about. Yeah, absolutely. Very cool. Very cool. And um, and yeah, and, and those of you um, at home, I want to remind you that, 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 that you're not alone. And um, I look at that. I, I'm standing with you and I know Sue's uh, with you uh, today. Um, so, so thank you so much for, for being here today. I, I appreciate Thanks. it. Lot, lots, lots of good info and, 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 and also, you know, lots of good, um, you know, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Like continuation of, of Rich's work, you know, mm -hmm. so if someone's watching the film, it doesn't end when yeah. the movie's over. It, <laughs> a lot of what's continuing is, is with, with the, the, the retreats. That, mm -hmm. that you're doing so yeah. it's like we got, we got to pull the band-aid off of the wound yeah. still bleeding yeah so we can get in there and let the healing happen absolutely well cool thank you so much um again thank thanks for um being here today i appreciate it no problem my pleasure and um thank you those of you at home or at work or on your way home from work wherever you may be um stay safe everyone and uh talk to you next time in the show notes but if they if they will go to they can get a hold of me if they want to talk about anything. oh yeah 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 let me yeah yeah the, the thing is they go, go to suebowls.com s-u-e-b-o-w-l-e-s.com and then just you know they can get hold of me there that's fine or my email address if somebody just wants it is my step ahead one at gmail.com i'd be happy to interact with anybody Cool. Thank Thanks. And, and good, good catch just in time before I hit the end of the show. So cool. So always worth listening to, to the end because there's always lots of good info. Um, so, so again, thank you so much. Um, and thank you, um, th thank you for those at home and um, stay safe, everyone. And uh, talk to you next time. Uh, bye.